Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Unity Radio. Good evening, and welcome to the Reach Across Johnson County segment on Joko Community Radio. You can join us live here on Facebook or download the TuneIn Radio app. It's free. We are live 365 on Joko Community Radio, the voice of Johnson County, Texas. And I'll share a little bit of information about Reach. Our mission is to support safe and healthy choices vital to the well-being of our youth, families, and community. The show will guide you, educate you, and inspire you to be a part of the solution and to reach out and help it make a difference in our communities. What began as a local movement in the city of Middle Lothian grew to include programs throughout Ellis County with only a few short years and eventually expanded into neighboring Johnson County. And here we are today. And I'm Sherry Phillips. I'm the community liaison for Reach Council, and I'll let my other two co-hosts introduce themselves. Hey, everybody. This is Emily Stuffleby, and I am the COVID Project Coordinator. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashley Vasquez, and I am the CCP Coalition Coordinator. Yeah, and so we've got some uh, special uh, guests in studio with us today, and and our topic today is uh, smoke-free e-cigarette vaping uh, discussion, and so we've got the American Heart Association, and I'm going to let Ashley uh, do the intros. So we have Douglas Dunn. Dunsavage. Dunsavage. Yes. Sorry. He <laughs> has worked in the field of politics and public policy for the last 20 years. His professional experience includes working as a legislative aide, director, and chief of staff for numerous legislators in the Texas House of Representatives, including Patricia Gray, former chair of public health, and Yvonne Davis, who is currently one of the longest serving House members in Texas. Since returning to Dallas in 2004, Douglas has worked for the American Heart Association in many capacities, including roles as a government relations director, director of policy campaigns in the Southwest Affiliate, and national state advocacy consultant. In his current role as North Texas Community Advocacy Director, he works on furthering AHA... AHA Public policy in the North Texas region. Douglas is a keen angler, golfer, and sports fan. He lives in Dallas with his wife, Laura, and two children, Kemp and Hillam. Hillam, yes. Hillam. Yay. (laughs) Hi, kids. And we also have Bree Mabry, which she has worked in the community public health for seven years. She has played an intricate role in establishing strategies in the stages of Oklahoma and Texas. She, since relocating to Dallas in 2015, Bree has worked for the American Heart Association, where she started as an intern focusing on multicultural initiatives. Bree's passion for helping the community achieve equitably and sustainable health, health has allowed her to hold different roles throughout the organization. 
In her current role as the Community Impact Director of Tarrant County, she continues to focus on establishing relationships to seek collaborative efforts that benefit our communities. Bree spends most of her time with her fur baby Lex, and they both love to lounge and binge watch <laughs> shows. So we all have fur babies too. Yes. <laughs> Go so what is Lex? So she's a boxer mixed with lab. Oh, cool. Yeah. She's nine, and oh. she's still she's huge, but yes. she acts like a baby, a baby. like a lab baby. Uh, like, I know we. So we have a Great Pyrenees Collie mix, okay. and it's like having a Shetland pony in the house. Uh, but he used to think, I mean, it got to the point where he couldn't sit in the chair with us anymore, but he used to try to crawl up in the chair, you know, even when he was little. And then he finally got so big, it's like, I can't do it anymore. But they still think they're little, and they'll just hop yes. up on your lap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll come and he'll lean on me and everything. Well, welcome. We're so happy yes, to have welcome. y'all with us. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yes. Yeah, so excited to be here. So Douglas has actually been coming to the uh, Reach Across Johnson County Coalition meetings and everything. And so, you know, we've been working on uh, several different things you know we do talk about uh smoke-free air ordinances we've been talking about vaping and things like that and uh so let's kind of start with some of the smoke-free policy um you know information on that because that is something that we're currently working on uh for the burleson community is is trying to go smoke-free um in uh, public places yeah um so First, I want to sort of... I'm going to get you tilt your mic down just right a little bit. There. there you go. So we, yeah, that's okay. got it. Sorry. I'm sort of You're good. This chair. Um, so smoke-free policy. What is a smoke-free policy? Let, okay. me, let me start to talk about that. Okay. So, sort of background first. So the way that Americans for Non-Smokers' Rights uh, define uh, a comprehensive smoking ordinance is all public workplaces and work sites are smoke-free. So indoor public places, basically. And that would include restaurants and bars and um, workplaces. And so we've worked, the American Heart Association's worked probably upwards of 25 years. And over that time, these policies have evolved. Yeah. And, and as the science has sort of evolved as well, it really has dictated how we advocate for these policies. You know, it's a lot different if you think just 20 years ago. Uh, walking into restaurants or, or bars, um, it, it was almost always full of smoke. Right? Yes. And over the years, what, what the science has shown is that, um, you know, when you're exposed to secondhand smoke over time, it can, not, it can have tremendous adverse health impact on your heart, your blood system, your lungs, obviously. Um, but not just the folks that are smoking, but the people that are around the folks that are smoking. So, you know, the workers in, in these public places um, that, that are smoke-filled, think about that. A lot of studies have shown if you're in a, in a smoke-filled room for eight hours, it's like smoking a half a pack to a pack of cigarettes a day. Right. And a lot it's of crazy. folks that work in these, um, these places um, aren't aware of that. And so it really does... Um, speak to protecting the workers. Absolutely. So, so in terms of background, in the, just in the North Texas region, in Texas generally, um, a comprehensive um, smoke-free law is defined as all public indoor places, and it includes e-cigarettes as well. Um, you know, when e-cigarettes first came out, they were sort of advertised as a cessation technique, so to help folks quit smoking. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the tobacco companies, national tobacco and, and global tobacco companies, realize this as, as a way to um, make more money. And so um, e-cigarettes, um, in terms of these comprehensive workplace laws and ordinances across the, the country, um, they, they didn't include e-cigarettes at, at the beginning. And now, um, with the science, and because e-cigarettes, and we'll get to, to e-cigarettes later in, in the show with, with Bree, but e-cigarettes aren't regulated right. to the extent that cigarettes are or, or um, even some foods, et cetera. Um, so there's no regulation. So a lot of times you, you don't know what you're intaking when you are, are using these e-cigarettes. So e-cigarettes are included in these comprehensive laws. Mm-hmm. But I, just across the board, indoor workplaces, you uh, step outside and you have a cigarette. And we're not trying to um, tell people or take away their personal rights to have cigarettes. Just don't do it when other people are um, affected by that secondhand smoke. Mm-hmm. So um, in Texas, 104 communities and cities, all the major cities, um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, in the North Texas region, and about 52 others, I think, in mm-hmm. the North Texas region, have gone comprehensively smoke-free. Um, and three years ago, we came to Burleson through the coalition right. um, to sort of look at those cities that, that weren't comprehensively smoke-free. And we met with all the council members here in Burleson, and we had r- really good support um, in terms of uh, sort of moving this this effort and advocating for this effort. And then COVID hit. And then COVID hit. <laughs> That's and true. it sort of shut everything down. It did. And, um, but uh, Burleson is one of the, the larger cities in North Texas that hasn't gone comprehensively smoke-free. Right. And so we want to first of all, get the word out that we're very interested in Burleson becoming smoke-free and working with partners like the REACH Coalition um, and with the local government um, and, and to sort of start the conversation again. Right. Um, like I said, during COVID, everything's sort of a 100-year pandemic. Everything shuts down, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, we want to start the conversation again. Um, and, and it's important to note that so... Burleson, uh, the last time that they updated their smoking ordinance, and this is when I, when I started looking at this a couple years back, uh, since 1994, so almost 30 years. So they wow. did actually have something, actually a policy of some sort. Okay. They have a policy on record, but they haven't gone back, and uh, the city hasn't gone back and looked at the ordinance since 1994. Okay. So wow. almost 30 years. And at the time, it probably was a very good ordinance. Um, there, there is some moderate um, uh, limits in terms of indoor smoking, but um, they do not include all bars and restaurants and right. all workplaces. So they're, I mean, technically, and a lot of businesses decide not to, but we, what we want to do with the, with the ordinance and with these policy efforts is to make it consistent across the board. Right. You know, when you say that, uh, I've actually worked on smoke-free air ordinances uh, in Ellis County, and you know, um, restaurants that have bars in it and everything when we went in because we thought, well, they're going to be one of the ones that's going to be affected and in talking to their staff and even management, you know, they said that they're not, they were not against going smoke-free because again, you, when you leave at the end of the day, you reek of smoke. Uh, you do tend to have more respiratory issues. You're sick more often. And, um, 
you know, after a while, I mean, just the cleanup from the smoke that gets on the walls and then your upholstery and stuff like that. Most of these restaurants that we had talked to, you know, they were totally for it. But when they're a corporate entity, a lot of times, you know, they're, they, they're given instructions that, well, you can't do that unless the city passes an ordinance. And so we had a lot of support, you know, uh, through uh, the restaurant community because, you know, they want a safe workplace for their for their employees. Uh, again, you know, if there's not smoking going on within, you know, the workplace, your your employees could be more productive. They don't miss work as much and things like that. And, you know, I actually worked in a workplace for about eight years that smoking was allowed. It was a it was a tax office, and um, I would go home every day, and I would have to re-shower, and I'd have to leave my clothes in a dirty wow. clothes hamper out in, yep. in the garage because it smelled of smoke so bad. The way I think about it is, so we have regulations on meat, mm-hmm. for example. So the health department of Johnson County or whomever regulates restaurants, they um, go in and they check the thermostat. Right. The fire marshal ensures that the fire extinguishers are working and the fire alarms are working. Yeah. And, and it, because your kit you know, kept at certain temperatures yes, for health absolutely. reasons. Absolutely. Yep, so there's it, a lot. it really is a public health issue. Yes. And as we've learned more more about <clears throat> excuse me, learned more about the effects of secondhand smoke in terms of um, folks that are exposed to it. It really is a a, a public health issue mm-hmm. for the workers. But uh, additionally, um, you know, when we first started working on these in the early aughts and, and through, um, you know, the decade of 2000. What do you call the decade between 10 and 20? Is it the teens? Um, I don't even know if that's right. But, um, <laughs> but, but um, what we found is, and the opposition, there was, it was, you know, in, in the cities that we had fierce opposition in terms of, you know, the, the choice of, of business owners to be able to, to do this, um, and that they said it'll put us out of business, mm-hmm. et cetera. Every study that we've seen in in the last 15 years in terms of the economics of passing a, a comprehensive smoke-free ordinance, it actually helps the restaurants. It helps the bars. Um, and they actually make more money because um, when, when smoking uh, indoors is eliminated. Right. And so, you know, we're not telling people not to smoke. In fact, nicotine is more addicting than heroin. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a judgment or an, an infringing. It's it's more of an effort to protect those workers that that are exposed to secondhand smoke, and even in a, you know in a smaller community like Burleson, you know, even if it's t- 25, 30, 40 workers that are exposed to that, that's too many. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it really is sort of um, from an economics perspective, it makes sense. From a from a, but most importantly, from a public health perspective. It makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're not trying to eliminate smoking <clears throat> on patio, patios or, <coughs> excuse me, outdoor places of these businesses. But what we are doing is, um, you know, making sure that indoors, when, when you're most at risk to be exposed to that secondhand smoke, that, um, that we're protecting those workers. So. Absolutely. Well, I know that, you know, having kids and everything going into, you know, to places that allowed smoking. And, and in all honesty, you know, we didn't, t- you know, tend to go out to eat to those places. We usually yeah. went to places that, you know, didn't allow smoking inside. But, you know, 
most of the bathrooms, you have to walk through that bar area and through all that smoke and, and things like that. And people that, that don't tend to have like the allergies or the asthma, they don't realize just how easy that can, you know, trigger, trigger somebody yeah. that does have that those problems and you know i will say like i said after working in it for so many years i do i I was getting upper respiratory problems constantly and was having to be medicated and and things like that to be able to get over this stuff and uh, so i I mean i know that you know i I love that the city that i live in actually has gone smoke free because when i have relatives that were coming in from from states that didn't allow smoking in restaurants they were like I cannot believe they're still doing this. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad to a certain extent that Texas just hasn't come in and said, okay, let's just do it all the way across it. They're leaving it up to the individual communities. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, why that is, but I'm, I'm really proud of the cities that, that have stepped up and um, have done this and just started protecting their, their employees and uh, you know, their community members. Absolutely. And, And it's a, it's a small step. An easy step that, mm-hmm. that communities can take to um, to invest in public health um, and, and protect folks from um, the dangers of secondhand smoke. Um, and, uh, you know, all the major cities across North Texas have, have gone comprehensively smoke-free. And so we just would love to see, you know, it all the way across the board in Burleson, um, it's such a thriving community that is growing yes, so much. Yes. And, um, you know, we want to be supportive of the best public health and, and the best environments that, that we can uh, we can advocate for, for um, the patrons of, of not only these restaurants and bars, but also um, workers um, in, in these workplaces. And so, you know, in some ordinances, not to get too in the weeds, but in terms of patios, what we like to see is, 15 to 25 feet from the door. Um, and so we're very um, focused on, on, on not uh, being punitive with, with advocating for these ordinances, right. but rather um, working with cities and with, and with businesses um, in terms of uh, the smoking population. I think right now, though, um, it, it's down, and I haven't seen the numbers yet, Bree. I know that vaping has gone up tremendously in terms of um, uh, school-age children, which which we're going to be talking about, um, which Breed's going to be talking about. But I think it's like 8 or 10% of people still smoke. Mm-hmm. But the nicotine addiction is, is very, very difficult. So we don't want to make it punitive on folks, mm-hmm. but we do want to protect um, the public health. Right. And, and so I, that's what we advocate. And for. I do. I have family members that, that smoke, and it's like, you know, they're – They've gotten used to either stepping outside or, right. or you know, because yeah, a lot I, of people won't even smoke in their own that, homes. That's what step I was mention. When we worked on this in Dallas and in Fort Worth and in Arlington, you know, there would be business owners coming and, and saying, you know, we're going to go out of business and, and this is going to change Dallas forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, once it happened, a year later, you can't imagine walking in to a restaurant or bar and smelling smoke. Right. Or when you go to a different city and you walk in and you're like, wow, they still allow smoking. Um, you know, it, it's a culture shift that mm-hmm. sort of naturally happens and evolves once these ordinances are passed. And well, I know we were talking comprehensive. Yeah. So for our listeners, let's, let's talk a little bit more about what comprehensive actually means. Mm-hmm. So it's all indoor workplaces. So Joko radio station mm-hmm. here. 
um, you wouldn't be able to smoke indoors. Okay. And uh, ventilation systems, that's the other thing in terms of educating. A lot of folks used to think that ventilation systems would work in these indoor places, but they, they've been proven to that not, they not. work. Mm -hmm. um, the carcinogens, et cetera, and especially with COVID now, um, coming out of the 100-year pandemic, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's difficult to think that we would allow smoking indoors. But So all indoor businesses, um, municipal buildings, which I think are already included in the current in the, ordinance. Yeah, I think they are too. Um, but that would include restaurants and bars um, and any place where you have workers that are employed um, indoors. Um, now, we're not – I haven't looked at um, – I know that you know if if you have a a garage where it's open and you have two employees, we're not we're not uh, trying to uh, to go in and and I think I have to look at the exact number in terms of like the very small businesses, like one or two people. Okay. But but um, I have to look at that threshold. But it's very small. But all people that are employing folks indoors, um, you have to step outside to have a cigarette. Yeah. So, and then it also includes e-cigarettes um, now uh, because, of, and again, after COVID, in terms of even the, the vaping, if I'm around someone that's vaping and the carcinogens, which are unregulated carcinogens, by mm -hmm. the way, um, in terms of these companies, um, so we're including e-cigarettes. And that includes all workplaces, including restaurants and bars, too. Well, you know, I know one of the things that came up when we were talking about uh, smoke-free or ordinance in another city, um, you know, the, and whether or not to include the e-cigarettes, you know, it was brought up to one of our uh, local pastors, you know, that if, you know, if you don't allow smoking or you don't want smoking in church, but if there's not some sort of limitations, I mean, somebody could actually come into church and be vaping, you know, during your church services and things like that. And it's... And it's um and again, it's not a judgment thing. It's right. a, it's a health thing, yeah. um, mm -hmm. in in terms of uh, that secondhand smoke and those carcinogens mm -hmm. from the vaping and the e-cigarettes um, as it relates. You know, when you were talking about vaping, uh, I saw, and I guess it was during when we were doing some of this, but they were talking about when they were going in and testing people that had been around people that were even vaping, that they were finding traces of the formaldehyde and and yeah. things like that. It's, so. It's, you know, it's not safe to, to, I mean, we know it's not safe to bring, breathe secondhand smoke, but the same thing applies to, you know, the vapor, which is not really a vapor. It's, it's the aerosol that, yes, that is, you know, breathed in and I guess, ex, you know, ex, expelled out or whatever uh, as well. But uh, I, I am glad that they're, they are including, you know, the e-cigarettes to protect everybody on that. Same. I went to a store recently and I was actually surprised because there was, um, it's. I can't remember which store. I'm not going to say. But my husband and I were walking, and then all of a sudden, this kid pulls out a vape from his pocket, and he just starts puffing. And I'm just like, I'm one of the lucky few that I can't be around smoke for very long, whether it's a bonfire or it's cigarettes or something like that. So I'm just like, that would be amazing. Please do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Plus, you have another reason yeah, now. Another reason. Yeah, she she's expecting oh, an, a baby, so yes, a blessing. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> so yes, protect yeah. that baby. Absolutely, and um, 
So, so yeah, we're just trying to get the conversation started again in Burleson, okay. um, and we'll be reaching out to um, to the local governments and and uh, the folks that that are um, that are overseeing this, and and hopefully get the discussion started again. Well, I know uh, our coalition has gone in and made like. Um, it's kind of like yard signs, but what we're doing is we're really? having community members, you know, have their, their picture made that says, I support a smoke-free community. And so if you That's were great. someone that, that would support um, Burleson passing the smoke-free air ordinance and would like to have your picture made with the sign so we can, we can actually show that we've got community uh, support, uh, please reach out to Reach Across Johnson County. Uh, and we would love to come by, bring the sign, and, and have a picture uh, of you to, to add to our... Our, uh, our large collection of photos that we're starting to get that's together. Fantastic. That's great to hear. So, yeah, we, it, I th we figured that's going to be one of the easiest ways to show community support because not everybody will come out to the city council meetings and things like that in support of it. But, you know, at community events, you know, we'll ask people, you know, would you be in support of this? And they say, yes. Well, do you mind getting your picture made with this sign so we can, <laughs> we can share with, with our uh, city council officials? And, you know, it makes it easier for them when they know that they have community support behind them. Because, Absolutely. you know, you're... I think most times when, you know, ordinance passed that, you know, they think infringes on in people's individual rights mm -hmm. that, you know, they kind of get a little bit of pushback and everything. And uh, so, you know, knowing that they would have the support of, of many of their community members. And again, we're not telling people that they cannot smoke. We're Absolutely just asking not. them to be yeah. mindful of where they do. Right? That's exactly correct. And, and, you know, on the e-cigarettes, the thing that's so scary to me is in having kids, um, really has become an epidemic in mm -hmm. in the uh, in the schools and yes. you know we fought so hard against um, marketing to for cigarettes if you, I, I don't know I'm dating myself here but but in terms of like Joe Camel right. and the marketing um, it, it's geared toward these flavored e-cigarettes I'm seeing like pineapple and 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 grape and coconut and yes. all these things that um, that, that have really been geared towards kiddos. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing these stats of seventh and eighth graders um, vaping. And uh, so the marketing has, has stopped from being, you know, the mm -hmm. Joe Camel, which is now regulated and completely, you cannot market um, cigarettes. There's no more ads um, uh, in terms of, of cigarettes. And when we were growing up, ads were everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it, it was sort of that cool, cool kids thing to do but they've totally switched that and it's now gone to um the e-cigarettes and the vaping um at such a young age and i think that to me as a dad um is the most uh most scary thing about it so absolutely well i know we're going to be going to our commercial break here in just a few minutes and uh so we can come back and if there's anything that that we need to touch on on the smoke-free policy we can touch on it you know briefly and then we'll go in and we'll start talking about the um e-cigarettes and vaping and you'll get a little bit more background and, and from uh, from brie on that and uh, then we'll also be talking about tobacco-free schools and stuff when we come back so uh we ask everybody to uh Stay tuned in and come back and join us uh, after the break and discuss this information with us again. Thank you so very much.
congratulations on your son getting into the college of his dreams and with a full scholarship too. Yes, we are so proud of him. You know, I have to be honest. I'm a bit worried about our daughter getting into college. It's so competitive out there and I feel overwhelmed with where to start. I completely understand. Listen, I felt the same way. And then I met Dr. Gina of Education Prep Centers. She put a plan in place that helped our son stand out in the admissions process and that gave us a peace of mind for how to create a financial roadmap for his future. Wow, that's great. Sounds like I need to give her a call. Yes, she definitely helped our son find the perfect college, meet all his deadlines, and helped us feel less anxious about the whole process. You need to reach out to her. Just check out educationprepcenters.com and set up a complimentary assessment with Dr. Gina. You'll be so glad you did. Education Prep Centers. College admissions made easy. Out of date carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the floor store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the floor store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the floor store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleburne, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give him a call today at 817-641-9444. The Floor Store, they've got you covered. When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson in Cleburne, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. Well, welcome back to the second half of the Reach Across Johnson County segment on Joko Community Radio. Joko Community Radio is proud to be the voice of Johnson County, Texas, and is live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. To listen or to watch, simply go to tuneinjoko.com to choose where and how. The Joko Community Radio app is now available for free on Android and Apple devices. Simply search your store. Check out our lineup and more on jokocommunityradio.com. This episode and more is brought to you by Patriot Claims, making your insurance work for you. Reach out to the Texas sales rep, Nona Reed, at 844.tex.hail. That's 844-839-4245. And if you're just now tuning in, uh, we have representatives from the American Heart Association. We've got Douglas Dunsavage and Bree Maybe that are here with us uh, this evening, and we're talking about smoke-free air ordinances, and we're going to go in and start talking about uh, e-cigarettes and vaping and uh, uh, get into some of the, you know, the things regarding tobacco-free schools. I did want to uh, touch one more thing on the smoke-free policy. You know, we mentioned that, you know, we've got the sign. So if you're you're interested in having your photo with a sign, we'll be at community events and things like that. Just look for the Reach Across Johnson County um, booth. And then I know that with our coalition, we're continuing to work on this uh, as well. Uh, so we're going to be having our coalition meeting this next week. Uh, this next week is going to be held at the uh, Cleburne Chamber of Commerce on Thursday at noon. Yes. At noon. And if you're interested in joining us, uh, if you'll just send us a message, uh, we are going to try pro- to provide a lunch and everything. So we need to kind of get an RSVP on that. We have... Um, 
uh, Clear Fork Academy that's coming in doing presentation and they're, they're providing our lunch for us. Uh, so if you're interested and would like to find out more about the smoke-free uh, air ordinance and how you can get involved with that, please reach out to us on that. And any other things that yeah. you can think of that I, we want to mention? I would just mention that um, you, anyone listening can go to our grassroots network okay. and sign up for our grassroots network where we actually, as these efforts in, in tobacco policies um, across the region and also uh, across the state and the country, um, it's yourthecure.org, all one word, okay. yourthecure.org. Um, but it but it ties you into your representatives, your city council members, your um, state representatives, your senators, all the way up to the federal level. So that if the American Heart Association is working on a policy, whether it be tobacco or nutrition security, um, any of our policy efforts, um, and and you're interested in what we're working on, you will get um, alerts via email um, and text if you choose. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's yourthecure.org, all one word. I actually have signed up for that, and so I do get the uh, the action alerts, and they're really good about uh, to where you don't even necessarily have to uh, come up with a, a message. They help provide messaging yep. that all you can choose for talking points. And you can also add your own notes, and it, and it goes directly to um, the targeted elected officials. Absolutely. All the way down to the city level, um, all the way up to Congress. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I, please get in, get involved in that. That is such a... A worthwhile effort to to uh, to work on. Um, Ray, I know that you know that you're doing some things with the schools and stuff on e-cigarettes, and I wanted to comment. You know, one of our biggest things, you know, in the last couple of years, and and actually just before, I guess, the year before COVID hit, you know, one of the biggest problems that we were hearing in our school district is the kids are, were vaping and. There wasn't a lot that we knew about vaping, you know, especially with our youth for there for a while. And so uh, our, our counselors were reaching out to organizations and coalitions like ours saying, what, you know, what do we do? What's, what's, right. how can we help these kids? And uh, I've heard that y'all have got some really great things going with the American Heart Association. Yes. So you want to tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Sure. So just to kind of paint a background around tobacco-free schools mm -hmm. when what we know about vaping today um, it kind of goes along with the work that Douglas is doing in mm -hmm. terms of smoke-free ordinances, in terms of the stats. So we know that teens today aren't really smoking cigarettes. Right. So that's a good thing, yay. But they've picked up the habit of, you know, vaping, smoking e-cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And so with that, um, there are 3.6 million students right now in our communities that are smoking e-cigarettes and using, you know, tobacco and vaping products. Um, here in Tarrant County, there's about 13% of our youth that is um, participating in vaping activities at school. Oh, wow. And we know that kids want to stop. It's, it's a habit. They want to stop, but they just don't have the resources. So with our work in tobacco-free schools, we're really trying to make schools see, okay, how can we be a supportive resource for our students to make sure that they do have that you know, that option to be healthy, one. Mm -hmm. And then also, let's not, you know, discipline them and suspend them to take them away from their education and, you know, put just a stop on just overall development in terms of educational, you know, benefits. So that's what we're doing in our work with tobacco-free schools. I think with tobacco-free schools, we are definitely thinking about the holistic approach. Mm -hmm. And so it's not only that policy part, which um, when it comes to the policy part within schools, 
you know, we have that student of code conduct, you know, that policy, that general policy that districts have put into place. But what's crazy about those policies is it doesn't really highlight, you know, the vaping vaping and the e-cigarettes, which Mm -hmm. is kind of more on the terms of what we're saying of the um, the city ordinances are that they're not highlighting the e-cigarette portions. Wow. The number that you. And if they are, um, it's it's very punitive in terms of. Mm -hmm. And again, nicotine addiction is uh, as studies have shown can be as addictive as heroin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you think about that, that's crazy that seventh graders and eighth mm-hmm. graders, when they get it, they don't know that that's what, what they're exposing themselves to. And what's mm-hmm. crazy about, we keep highlighting seventh and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. There's been stories that are coming out with students that are in sixth grade, students that are in elementary school. Oh, and so just thinking about smaller students and babies taking, you know, this action of vaping because they see that it's cool or they've just been given in terms of, oh, what is this? And hiding it. Um, that's just been, those have been like horrific stories that we've heard over the years of really trying to figure out how can we get into this work and find solutions and really be a partner when finding solutions. Absolutely. I know that that's, uh, I know that there's several different things that have, that have started coming out because, you know, as I said in the beginning, when it became such a huge issue in our schools, you know, we we hadn't heard of vaping that much other than, you know, they're saying it's a safer alternative to smoking, mm-hmm. which we're finding now that that's not necessarily true. Right. And uh, it has its own complications. And it's still within, what, 10 years since, I guess, vaping may have started. And there's, you know, we're just now learning some of the different dangers that are involved with uh, with the vaping. Um, that's this one here. And I don't know... I don't know who that would be calling, so I am not going to answer that. I apologize. <laughs> it's, I want to say it's a, it looks like an Austin area. <laughs> but just to add to, to your comment there, Sherry, is that, um, you know, it really has become an epidemic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 15 years ago, one in five kids smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, now that has drastically declined. Um, but now two in five I don't know the exact estimates, but it's completely flipped 180 to It's to literally like flipped. Like it used to be one in five kids smoking cigarettes. Now it's one in five kids smoking e-cigarettes, vaping, all of that. And I think too, when we're thinking about student development, like there's a lot of complications because you don't know what is actually in the device. Correct. And I mean, for some students, not to get off the subject, but... Some students aren't partaking in nicotine or tobacco products within those devices. It's more than that. Yes. Like illegal substances. So just thinking about it in that realm, I think, is definitely an an epidemic. And I think for us just to kind of get back into our normal world of, you know, outside of COVID, I mean, within COVID, we saw kids like that's what their go-to thing was to do. Mm -hmm. They were at home. Who knows, like, you know, what supervision they had at the time. Everything was on Zoom. And so that was like the go-to thing. So 
With these statistics, I feel like we have kind of a standard of where we know that we were before COVID. Mm -hmm. But I think if we were to run the numbers today, it would probably exceed the 3.6 million. Yeah, we do do have those studies going on. um, But but there's no question that this is the epidemic um, in terms of of kiddos' health um, that we're dealing with. And so the American Heart Association is sort of taking steps and mm-hmm. um, and really reaching out and putting our resources nationally, it's a it's a really big effort nationally that we're we're putting forward in terms of reaching out specifically to school districts and sometimes to even schools uh, in terms of what they're overseeing. But um, and in terms of the details of of sort of how we're doing that, yeah. really like. What, what are we really asking the, the school districts to do when we go in? We're really trying to push the schools to think about a supportive approach. So going back to that disciplinary action, mm-hmm. what does that look like in maybe not suspending a child and thinking about the education and cessation programs incorporated into that model? Um, just trying to make sure that we are giving students an opportunity, again, to be healthy and to help them along the way. I think with schools, um, they're really like, you know, the partner that goes along with a student right. until they graduate from high school, right? Absolutely. And so we trust, well, I'm not a parent, but I know that parents trust schools to really be that partner for their students or their kids to really make sure that they're growing and they're developing correctly and in a healthy way. And I think the supportive approach is a big thing. Um, I know back in my day of, you know, school, suspension was that thing. Like, whatever you got caught with, you were suspended. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Second offense, you're probably going to like an ISS, right? Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that there were some individuals that probably didn't get the same education as I did, I think now we're in a genre of resources. We know what it is. We know what to do. I think we can definitely bring those resources in, you know, help our students. So the supportive approach, I think, is the biggest thing, making sure that everyone is educated on the importance, which, I mean, the statistics, just seeing you all and, like, your faces and your reactions is like, oh, my gosh, is this serious? So I think the education part is a big thing as well. And then thinking about the policy and environment. And for me, working in the communities, we're seeing that schools will – well, some schools are really wanting to focus in, but I think just taking the larger conversation back to the district to make it a district-wide, you know, approach is something that we would love to think and talk about. Um, for me, I do see that schools being that vocal first step in getting attraction, making sure that everyone is safe, making sure that all the staff people are safe as well, and then also building leverage to take to Smoke Free City as well. Right. So Absolutely. it kind of builds on each other. They're building They're blocks. all pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you all have like a curriculum or something that you share with the school we districts? We do. Okay. We do. And so what's good about Tarrant County is we have resources to support school districts, meaning we have resources if they sign a policy they are able to actually think about what does the cessation program look like? Okay. And so we're just not, you know, saying pass it, do what you need to do in your policy handbook, but we're also giving you the steps, the resources, the people to actually connect and bring in into your schools. We're on the journey with them. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, the thing that really stood out when we started taking uh, a national stand against um, vaping and, 
and, and really understanding that we needed to get into the school districts was what we were seeing was it's very punitive. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of the codes, codes of conduct that we've looked at in school districts across the region, it's, a, it's you know, first is a, a suspension for a couple of days, and then it's ISS, and then it's expulsion. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so mm -hmm. to Bree's point, it's, it's the approach that, that we, the American Heart Association, would like to, to do is, is to partner with right. the school districts so that, um, you know, we give them every opportunity yeah. to to uh, to be educated and to to go through cessation programs, meeting them where they are, if you will. Yes. So that so that you know, you hear about folks that that have not just e-cigarettes but get caught with a vaping pen, and a 16-year-old is up for felony charges, and that is the absolute last thing that we want. What we yeah. want to do is create a, a more of a culture of health, so that. Um, you know, we're educating folks on this is so harmful to you. Um, and this is how you get over it um, because we know how addicting it is. And so, you know, l less punitive and more educational. Yeah, that, I, I that, like that. Yeah. yeah. See, and, and we would support that through our coalition because, you know, we are the same mindset that, you know, you don't want to punish them. And we know that the nicotine addiction is, is so great. And the sad thing about on the vaping, you know, at least, I would say at least with cigarettes, you know, you pick it up and, you, I mean, there is an end to a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Where with these vape devices, mm -hmm. you know, it's pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it. I mean, it, there's no end to it until you right. replace that cartridge. Yep. And, and so we know that these these kids that are that are getting addicted to it, I mean, they're, they're going to need some help. And, um, and so, as you said, you know, we do rely on our school districts, you know, a lot, uh, for education on many things. And, you know, on this is, I mean, they're the perfect place to, to help provide that because they're with the kids most of right. the time. And so it would be really good to, to do that. What what's Are y'all working with any school districts currently in Johnson County uh, just yet? I don't think, not yet in Johnson County. Okay, because we, we would love to help make that connection so what would Please. what would would the school districts i mean if we've got somebody listening today and and they want to look at it maybe changing their policy yeah. instead of punishing the kids give them the help that they need to be able to uh to be able to kick the the vaping habit and you know to educate because sometimes it's not only educating our kids but we need to educate our parents which, yes. which is what us with um, the Reach Across Johnson County Coalition you know, wants to be able to do because we know that this is a, a dangerous you know thing right. that that's going on, and a lot of it is because you know most people aren't completely educated. Mm -hmm. They don't always know that this stuff mm -hmm. is not regulated, so there's no telling what could be in some of these devices. Well, and especially where the younger kids can are getting a hold of these yes. these cartridges and these vaping yeah. pens. It's not from a convenience store a lot of times, right? You know, it's from other places and that's even more alarming um you know we had someone come to uh, fort worth isd i guess right before covid talk about um some of these uh, vaping pens they found when they tested them like formaldehyde yes. and like yeah uh, tranquilizers and all sorts of stuff that you would never ever think would be in them and so the education comes with you know well there's worse things that my kid could be doing you know but and there there are, um, but uh, to be, to educate the parents and work with the kids to let them know how harmful this really is. 
Yeah. And I think from um, a perspective of what you just mentioned in terms of it may not be purchased from a store, like there are Mm -hmm. ordering sites where you can just go and it may have that opening homepage to ask about an age. Yes. But I'm 18 years old. Yes. All you have to do is get on your iPhone and calculate like how old am I today to make sure that I can get on the site and go through with this purchase. So there's a lot of ways, but I think again, the education piece is like most important, but I think in terms of the school approach, thinking about that holistic approach that we can ensure and partner on is something big that we're taking. Well, I know a lot of school districts run things through their school health advisory council before, you know, they present things to the school board. So is that where y'all usually try to start is, is yes. try to get on with them? Yes. Okay. So we sit on a couple of shacks. Okay. Um, and so we've, we're starting those conversations. We actually held a tobacco free schools workshop not too long ago, just to, again, reintroduce what was going on through the, you know, pandemic of COVID, but introducing this epidemic of, you know, e-cigarettes and vaping within schools. And so with that, um, we're just, you know, hoping that we can connect more and take that bigger conversation to the school district or to the school board to say, Hey, this is what, you know, your shack is saying. This is what we're raising as a priority for the shack. Yes. And these are the people in terms of American Heart Association that has the resources. Well, you know, and, and in saying that, you know, as I mentioned, we were getting calls, you know, wanting resources. and th- So this is your resource. This is the answer. Yes. So, so reach out to the American Heart Association and, uh, or again, reach out to Reach Across Johnson County Coalition and we will connect you uh with uh, the American Heart Association on getting this started because I think this is such a great idea. Yep. Yeah. And, and so how many, uh, when I've, I've gone to the last couple of REACH Coalition meetings, mm-hmm. there are three or four or five different school districts that, represent, yeah. that, that, are, that are sitting that at are that there. table. Um, and, and again, it, it's, it's about changing the code of conduct within these school districts mm-hmm. to specifically focus on the education component and not just we, we've caught you vaping you're a horrible person yeah. stay right. at home you're mm-hmm. you're you're done because that that can change a life path oh know? gosh yes yes and and so that's not what we're trying to do we're trying to meet folks where they are so that they understand the dangers of mm-hmm. of vaping and um you know we're just again coming out of covid and starting to work with school districts across the region right um and shacks uh to to see the best avenue in every school district is just a little bit different so okay i was gonna ask um for any school districts or teachers or whoever is listening and you don't have to name the school but some of the schools that y'all are working with what does that maybe look like you know some people just need a picture of how that process works or what is included in their education like y'all were saying right it's a journey can you give an example Sure. So we do have a school district where we do actually sit on the shack. And so I've been invited to numerous meetings just to discuss our stance and really to bring that education piece and highlight the statistics on what's going on in that certain area. Um, We are able to pull from a community impact perspective of American Heart Association. We're able to pull data. And so when the data is actually highlighting your neighborhood, it, Mm -hmm. you know, hones in more than just saying, across America, whatever. (laughs) And so we really try to make sure that localized data is really driving the conversations and it paints the picture and it tells the story 
of where we're going and where we want to be in the future for our students. And so a great example was brought in by the shack. We had this discussion and they were like, oh my gosh, like what's next? So in terms of just next steps, we are waiting for them to make the introduction to the big people at the school district to have that one-on-one conversation. Um, We provided them with multiple links, multiple education resources. Um, We do have that workshop actually uh, recorded where we did the Tobacco Free Schools workshop that we can send out. And then again, um, really make sure that they know that we aren't just saying, here, do this, and you're out on your own. We are a partner. We're walking with you. We're collaborating with you. And to help along the way. Yes. And and a lot of times when we go in mm -hmm. to these school districts, the, the code of conduct just needs to be tweaked a little bit. Okay. In terms of. Um, their vaping policy because a lot what, what's happened when it became an epidemic the school districts went out and just changed their code of conduct and so it's and they've handled it not as um, specific to vaping but it's sort of just thrown into their code of conduct yeah. and they have a class one you know I would say it's very stiff yeah, yeah. it's very <laughs> stiff in terms of, of what they what they're doing and so it's it's once we educate them with that data because that's powerful, especially when it's specific to, to those school districts. Right. You also are working with them to, if you'll just tweak the code of conduct, it allows for us to meet those students where they are with these resources. With so these do, y'all, do y'all have somebody that comes out and assist, or is this something that's like oh, a training sure. that y'all do with the, uh, the school nurses, or is it with the teachers or something like that? So each school district we found across the nation does different things. So we do have opportunities where if they are interested and once the um, the code of conduct is updated, what does that look like in terms of, you know, the cessation programs? And so we do have consultants that can come out and help. So when I say that we're walking alongside school districts, like we are literally, literally walking, yeah. <laughs> literally saying, hey, here's your person and they can take it over and make sure that, you know, any question that is raised, it is answered. Any solution that needs to be created, it is solved in terms of just thinking of, of course, the students and everyone, honestly, that works in within the school district. Because, I mean, with this approach that we're taking it's just not internally, like in a school building, we're thinking about parking lots of high schools. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about, you know, the fields everywhere. So even if you're walking, you're a bystander, you're walking at a, a stadium where a football game is being held, you cannot smoke e-cigarettes. So that is what we're pushing. Like any school event, no. So it's gotten where I see more more signs at different places, you know, about being tobacco and, you know, smoke-free and things like that. So that's that's really – there's not any schools in Texas anymore that don't – that aren't tobacco-free, are they? That's my understanding. Yes. Okay, that they're all yeah. – okay, well, that's good. Yeah. And, and uh, we also have model language that we mm-hmm. can bring to the school districts that, that sort of help craft – the what policy they're, what they're putting in to their okay. code of contact, but yeah. but it's again to Bree's point, it's 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 not we can change the code of conduct, but it's 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 about the implementation. Okay. Of, yeah. the, of those those resources, and I think that's the most important piece, like the implementation. Just thinking about you know students and trying to make sure that you're a resource. I think with the sensation programs and knowing that half of the kids that are smoking that have taken on this habit, like they want to stop. Yes. 
So they just want that resource to help them get to that stopping point. And so, you, and y'all have that. So that's yes. that's amazing. Well, I know we're getting into our last last minute now. Is there anything that you want to highlight before before we go off off the air? Um, I think for me, just contact us. Okay. Um, my personal email or my work email is brie.maybrie at heart.org. And that's B-R-Y dot M-A-B-R-Y at heart.org. And with that, I can share any and all resources about, you know, our model policy, any links and all of that. So, yes. That's great. What about I, you, I would just say thank you. For having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. We a, love having a, you. Such a treat to be here with you ladies. Well, thank you so very much. And, and look forward to seeing you uh, next week at the uh, the coalition meeting. And thank you all for tuning in this evening for the Reach Across Johnson County segment on Joko Community Radio. Y'all have a good weekend. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio.